We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? A deep rotation couldn't help things tonight, Nick, but a relatively admirable effort from our Nets. Yeah, you know, they, they tried out there. We're going to dive deeper into this. This episode is brought to you by Untucket, and you also can find the buzz on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But before we even get started, too, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We wish you the best in 2020. Hopefully, you're off to a better start to the Nets that lost tonight, 123-111 in Dallas. Yeah, not the best start, Nick. Uh, I think that uh, it's it was frustrating because I think that there was just the fluidity of the first half was was something really to behold. You know, having a 65-60 lead there, and then to close things out with an 18-point final quarter. You know, 30 points in the first, 35 in the second, 28 in the third. The Nets played three and a bit quarters of really good basketball, and I think at the end of the day, Dallas's talent, you know, led by Luka Doncic, who you know by his standards wasn't even at his best. They were just too good. But you know, I really there was some positive signs related to guys like Rudy Anskouroud who got the start you know Wilson Chandler continued his solid form you know Moose probably played his best game that I think we've probably ever spoken about you know Pinson showed some signs as well so despite the loss there are some things to take away but I put out you know one of those reactionary videos with Paul Rudd and he's crying and I'm just like <laughs> I just want Kyrie and Karras back Nick I think we've spoken about it literally every episode but those guys could come back and you know the Nets are on a tough run a tough schedule upcoming so if Karras is uh, back when we head home uh, it'd be sorely welcome and obviously we didn't even mention that Garrett Temple was out too a late scratch yeah no Garrett Temple being out especially with all the injuries really hurts they obviously need Kyrie they need Karras like you said they kept it close for three quarters but Dallas was the better team and they tightened things up in that fourth quarter and I mentioned this to you like it was an offensive shootout the Nets just aren't talented enough right now with all the injuries to match a team like Dallas even missing KP and Tim Hardaway Jr they just weren't playing enough defense really to win this game in my opinion 
No, and I think that there were there were some nice schemes at different times. You know, box and ones, different zones, two three zones, three two zones. But I, I think at the end of the day, the Mavs almost kind of like the zone because they, it allows them to just shoot the three ball a lot of the time. And they are a pretty good passing team. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league, and I think that. If not the best one, I'm not sure how much that has changed of late. But, you know, they've been historically good up to this point in time. And, you know, obviously Luca leads that. You know, Chris Epps wasn't out there. But it almost gives them a, a little bit uh, of a smaller sort of look where they can go with Maxi Kleber and, and Powell as well. Both of those guys can stretch the floor a little bit. But the Nets, the one thing that we can't argue from tonight that we probably spoke about maybe on, on the two other sort of games, three other games that we sort of mentioned was the effort and engagement level was there for, for an overwhelming majority of this game. And the Nets just didn't get any good sets late. And funnily enough, that came down to the starters. There was just no fluidity. Whereas in that first half, that ball was fizzing around and it was, you know, Nets basketball at its best. Yeah, no, it definitely changed. And like you mentioned, I think the energy was higher in this game. And I'm going to give some credit to Rodion's. And I think him being the starting lineup helped set a tone a little bit. And he had a lot of hustle plays. And that's what the Nets have been lacking the last couple of games. They didn't get the win, but he made some winning plays tonight. And it's a really positive sign moving forward. You like to see him shoot better from the field, but you like the effort defensively and then his act activity on the boards. You know, he didn't have a ton, but he got his hands on there and got a couple tips. Led the team plus minus, Nick, you know, plus seven. You know, at the end of the day, he did play some minutes with the backups and also, you know, 18 minutes. I would have liked to see him, you know, if with guys like Wilson Chandler and Timothy Lyle Cabarot, those guys getting 25 plus minutes. I thought Rodion's deserved to be 20 minutes plus. Obviously, I think this is the most minutes he has played this season. Uh, I think he, a, a nice word used there, Nick, was tone. You know, his energy just uh, elevates this team in a lot of ways. And, you know, we spoke about it a lot last season, how he just gives these hustle plays. You know, it didn't look like he was one of six from three because he, he seemed confident in taking them. And I mean, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was one of four and Joe Harris was one from six as well. So it's not to say that his three-point shooting was anything of a problem. He did have two steals. He shows incredible. And I I think one little thing that I, a little wrinkle that we probably haven't seen as much is Rodens is becoming a more competent passer. Yeah, he did have a nice pass. You know, I, somebody was cutting. I forget off the top of my head, but he did have a nice pass. And I think it was somebody he's played with. You know, we mentioned, you know, Spencer, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, or even some of the, the Long Island guys he's played, you know, decent minutes with Pinson and Musa. So there's some relationship there. So I really like Rodion's, and I think this could be a major positive sign not only for this season, but next season. If Rodion's can get back to that player we saw last year, it's just a nice piece for the Nets bench or even a nice trade piece. Yeah, I think that for him to just show confidence, and I mean, we – we're speaking about what the heck is going on. But a lot can change in such a short amount of time in this league, especially with young players. And, you know, who knows? He may continue to start. It depends on if Temple's back. We don't know. We obviously heard Coach Kenny be as vague as usual in relation to that injury. But Temple did warm up and did look okay, according to the reporters who were at the game. So hopefully we do see him back. Hopefully we do see Levert back because then that means, you know, they will likely take Pinson and Moose's minutes. And then I still think Rodems can contribute to this team, whether he's coming off the bench or starting, you know. For me, if you're talking about our wing plays tonight, I really liked Wilson Chandler, but he was minus 19. He hit everything. He was. He seems really, really confident. And I mean, the the minus 19 is obviously, you know, it can be, be a bit of a, a stat that doesn't necessarily stick out or, or mean a lot. But I thought Kouritz was probably one of our better wings, if not our best wing tonight. Yeah, he was good. I liked uh, Rodion's defensively and rebounding-wise. I like Wilson Chandler offensively. I like yeah. the physicality he brings when he's driving the ball. Like, he's not going to let anybody body him up. You see a lot of times guys try to do it, they end up two feet back, and then he gets an open jumper or a floater. 
Yeah, but he's and in saying that as well, Nick, he finishes in a really composed and smooth yeah. manner off off that physicality with both hands, and he's also got a really nice floaty game. So you know, I've really liked looking at his game and dissecting it. I've done a couple of video breakdowns of his. You know, I'm certainly, I certainly think that he is going to be a contributor to this team for the rest of the season. You know, in some form of capacity, he's doing all the good things, and I think he's well liked in the locker room behind the scenes. I remember before he was going to play that first game back. You know, there was the team photo just in front of the play and. And Wilson Chandler was there. You know, I, I'm really, I, I'm liking what he's giving this team, uh, both on and off the court. And it's nice that these bigger guys, these bigger wings, and Rodions and Wilson Chandler are playing well because it's nice to play bigger lineups around a guy like Kyrie Irving when he comes back. Just having the options for Kenny is huge. We talked about that a lot last year. Having different options to throw out there just makes your life so much easier as a coach. I think we should probably talk about Torian Prince, who I thought had an up-and-down game, You know, some good moments, some bad moments, and that second half was kind of rough. But one thing that did stick out was his toughness and sticking up for Jared Allen. Two games in a row, not two, uh, it might be two. Is it two games in a row? Where I think so. Up? Yeah, yeah so he, I obviously. mean, he's like, he's one guy in the Nets that's always talking and always like, I'm not taking no shit. Yeah, and I mean, the Nets sort of need that sometimes yep. because this team can be sometimes not passive or timid, but, you know, some version of that. And, you know, Toy and Prince ain't going to take it, you know, Maxi Kleber literally like elbowed. And it was something you would see in uh, the old Aussie rules for all our Aussie, Aussie listeners out there and for anyone who knows uh, about the AFL. It was literally incredibly physical. And for the ref to miss that and just automatically call TP for the for the um, tech is just, you know, obviously there was some, I don't think, you know, uh, uh, the officiating really did much tonight, but it was, it was very inconsistent on both sides of the ball. But yeah, Toyin Prince, uh, I think you get the good and the bad with him. I think that we want him to get back to a semblance of consistency. And sometimes his shot is on, sometimes his shot is off. You know, when he's driving, he can make okay plays sometimes. But I think, you know, a lot of the time he looks better when he's stopping and propping on the mid-range rather than driving. So maybe Coach Kenny gives him a little bit more leniency uh, from that area. But overall, not a horrible game from him, but a, a relatively average one, maybe slightly above average overall. But what I really like today, Nick, and I think you touched on it a little bit with Coach Kenny, I like the fact that Coach Kenny was willing to experiment a little bit. And, and that started with the starting lineup and then the rotations in general. Yeah, I felt like I, to an extent, I think he's almost desperate because, you know, with all the injuries, he had to play everyone except Ellenson, who just played garbage time. So I like it. And, you know, nothing has really worked the last few weeks. You know, they're on a four game losing streak. You know, they're still waiting on Karras. They're still waiting on Kyrie. He's got to figure something out because they need to win games. Obviously, they're still the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference because the East is so bad underneath them. But you still want to worry about yourself and you still want to be above 500 team. Now they're going to fall one game under 500. Yeah, this is our worst losing streak since that eight-game losing streak last season. And, you know, I think that you can take more positives than negatives away from this performance. You know, I think we were a little bit critical of Coach Kenny. I know you were probably a little bit more. I have been on certain occasions. But I think tonight, you know, a lot of the guys, and for me, this is what's more reflective, is that when Coach Kenny made the right rotations or made his choice in rotations, the guys were able to execute out there and were able to play the brand of basketball that we sort of know and sort of, you know, associate with this Brooklyn Nets team. You know, the ball's moving a little bit. Sometimes on a couple of possessions, the ball gets bogged down. You know, guys chuck up shots. Theo Pinson and Spencer Dimity are certainly guilty of that. But for the most part, that ball was moving around. And I think, you know, it's just a lot. Some of it is on Kenny, but for me, it's on the players to execute. And for the most part, the players were executing tonight. And hopefully you can bring that in um, to to some tough games heading back home. Obviously, the Raptors is going to be a tough one. The Magic is going to be a tough one, as is the Thunder and Heat. So it's a tough stretch for the Nets, but hopefully you get some confidence from this matchup and who knows what Coach Kenny might do. 
The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means, gifts. And what better gift to give a guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucket shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucket shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size, so he looks casual and sharp. Being six foot three myself, finding shirts that actually fit is pretty tough, but Untucket makes it easy with over 50 plus combination of shirts that look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages, not to mention a great selection of different materials and styles. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untucket.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off checkout. Do you expect him to change the rotations up again, Nick? If, if Kyle Severt's you know, healthy, do we see Jared Allen start again? He did get more minutes off the bench. What are you expecting in terms of some of those variables? Yeah, it's really tough to say. I actually expected, you know, you know this, I expected Karras to play tonight. When he wasn't mm. playing tonight, I was kind of surprised because it seemed like he was almost good to go for Minnesota. I saw a little bit of an interview with Kenny saying he wanted him to do more contact, but I think uh, the Nets have Karras and I would have been a huge factor, especially with Dinwiddie and foul trouble. Obviously, the bench had some good moments, but that really hurt them. I think the rotations will probably continue to change until we see something really sync up. You know, we saw some nice offensive flashes, like you mentioned, Jack, 29 assists tonight. You score 111, that's enough to win an NBA game. But you give up 123, you know, you're probably going to lose most nights unless you're shooting lights out from three or something like that. So I think defensively, it's kind of finding the rotations. But I think also it's the players developing some chemistry and relationships because right now defensively, the one of the biggest issues, I think, in my opinion, is defensive communication and just overall team defense. Just the help at times is so bad, and they just end up letting guys get wide open threes or easy layups at the rim. And there's always like somebody looking at each other, like, "Oh, I thought you were going to be there." Hey, man, just speak. Like, use your words. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think there was one time tonight, and I think there's two occasions that sort of stick out where Rodion's and and they were doing the the three two zone or the two three zone. I can't remember, but Rodion's was down the perimeter, and Theo was just sort of in no man's land, and Rodion sort of just like sort of pushed him a little bit, a la what we sort of saw from Kyrie, you know, a little bit earlier in the season. That video that sort of went viral, and then there was also the defensive laps from Jalen Musa, where he sort of you know got a little bit of an earful from Coach Kenny, but to Musa's credit, he came back out and he performed, and you know just looking at this overall the, the the scoring performance from everyone Nick I don't know if I am going to do a, I'm thinking of doing either a, a Levert breakdown or I might have to pick out a player from tonight as well because so many players you know the the, the lowest scorer tonight was TLC with seven you know 11 from Pinson 14 from Musa the second highest scorer Jared Allen had nine Wilson Chandler had 11 Harris 11 Dinwiddie 19 Jordan 10 Kuruts 8 Toyin Prince 11 I mean it's literally probably the most balanced team performance we've had for a very long time yeah, it really was. And guys stepped up, especially like we kind of mentioned, Dinwiddie only playing 23 minutes with that foul trouble really kept him out of the game. And guys came up, and this is what we like to see and probably in that Timberwolves game, the Nets get a W. It's just like, it's just those inconsistent performances that we are constantly seeing. Guys can't step up at the right time or other guys are playing bad games. But Jack, what did you think of the center play tonight from DeAndre and Jared Allen? Yeah, I was going to ask you that myself, Nick. It, it, was, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was weird. You know, I think that DJ uh, is a good lob threat and I like him out there with Spencer because I think that for the most part they've developed a good chemistry I know I was uh, having a little bit of chat with some other sort of Nets Twitter guys about the fact that Spencer's passing has been a little bit off of late but then like after sort of was chatting with those guys you know the next play Spencer throws this insane you know entry pass for to DeAndre Jordan for a a backwards alley-oop so I think that offensively DeAndre Jordan 
provides more as a passer and as a lob threat and as just a, a physical presence. Whereas Jared Allen, you know, it always seems to me whenever you get in the DMs and get angry about a player, immediately after they have a nice little offensive play. And Jared Allen did that tonight. You know, he had one or two sort of plays where, you know, he's lefty hook and then that sort of wild haymaker and he threw it up and he showed a bit of strength. He's done that a couple of times this season too. I think it's... Uh, if we're looking at it from a glass half full perspective, we've got two guys who are starting caliber players, one with a much higher ceiling, DeAndre Jordan with a much lower floor, but Jared Allen is still finding his footing. And I think I've spoken about this before when it comes to just development and young players. And Jared Allen is still that. If you're under 25, to me, you're a young player. And he's still finding his footing. There's going to be up and down moments. He's unfortunately going through a mini little rough patch. There are certain, you know, sort of matchups that work well for him. I thought he was okay tonight. I thought DeAndre Jordan was okay tonight. But I don't think either of them really outplayed Cleaver or, or Powell. I think they sort of nullified each other and were sort of, you know, even Steven, so to speak. And this is a matchup I think you'd like to see DeAndre and Jared Allen kind of dominate. Dwight Powell is giving up a lot of inches. I know Dallas fans aren't very happy with him. Kleba is good in the extent of, you know, stretching the offense, shooting threes, occasional rim protection. And then Boban, you know, he's a big guy inside. That's really what he's going to do. And I just think, you know, Jared Allen and DeAndre really didn't capitalize that. At different moments, they did. And I think for Jared Allen, like you mentioned, he's in a little bit of a rut right now. He's not playing his best basketball. The issue I had with him tonight was he was playing soft. Like, consistently, Dallas players were just throwing an extra elbow on him, pushing him. And even it took Torian Prince to kind of stick up for him for Maxi Kleba. I know not everybody's like that, but it's kind of like Carl Anthony Towns earlier in the season. I'm not saying Jared Allen needs to throw a punch, but he occasionally needs to let people know, like, hey, bro, you cannot be doing this. Especially you're setting picks. Like, they fouled him a lot, and they were calling it. But, like, as a player, it gets old. Like, I know if that was personally me, I would have words. Yeah, and I think DJ, you would like to hope that like behind the scenes is like my guy, you know, just throw it like, you know, we don't mind if you get that to every now and then, you know, when Jared Allen is has a physical mentality and he's aggressive, his hands always look better, he looks stronger, he looks better in the pick and roll, he looks like he's setting better picks and on both ends of the floor, he just seems to be a bit more engaged and, you know, I think that a mentality basketball it more than maybe many other sports is an incredibly mental game and to be engaged consistently when you know your rotations and your role is changing and you're playing with different players you know it's, it's such a tricky sport to just stay even keel and, and I think that's one thing Jared Allen does do but we want him to sort of you know be able to ride the waves of the emotions and, and show that aggression and then show that consistency to be able to be level-headed as well we know he's an incredibly gifted young player and he's got so much uh, ahead of him but we want to see those moments because, you know, Joel Embiid, or, or, you know, throwing a little bit of trash his way and that tech, you know, I would have liked to Jared Allen just throw something a little bit, you know, Cat. And I think, you know, we saw Cat after, despite the fact that they lost that game against, you know, uh, Joel Embiid and, and the Sixers, Cat has had one of the best seasons of any big man, you know, this year already. And, you know, we not not saying that Jared Allen is going to be in that stratosphere of big man, but, you know, it could change his trajectory in some ways. When he is more aggressive, he does look a lot better. And I think tonight that it was just one of those nights where he needed to have a different mentality. And hopefully uh, heading into to, uh, into this tough stretch, as I mentioned earlier, he gets a bit more physically and mentally engaged. He's just such a better player when he's attacking, especially offensively, because it's not like he lacks the verticality or anything like that. When he tries to, tries to go over the top, he's just so much more successful. When he tries to get into somebody and go up under them, he's just not strong enough to do that. So i like to see Jared Allen take advantage of more of his gifts. We saw earlier in the year using his quickness and his speed to get to the lane and get those dunks down. But, Jack, uh, you want to touch on Spencer and Joe before we get out of here? 
Yeah, sure. I think Spencer's foul trouble hurt him a little bit tonight, Nick. You know, a couple of turnovers as well. But still, in only 23 minutes, it'd be 7 of 14 from the field, hit four three throws, 19 points, five assists. It was a good game from Spencer. You know, he was our leading scorer. But I think it sort of, and, and harking back to, I guess, our sentence a little bit, it affected them at times because when you are trying to create a pick and roll rotation with, you know, Musa or with Pinson, those guys. I can't really actually remember a time where they are a good pass out of the pick and roll. Pinson I can remember tonight, when Pinson threw a ball over the backboard for a lob. <laughs> was literally about to say that. You're sitting right <laughs> out of my mouth, my guy. But yeah, so I think that when the, the strengths of, of DJ and, and Jared Allen is their verticality and their ferocious dunking, and you have a point guard or a, or a playmaker out there who can't actually make those passes because, you know, they're big men. They're not Nikola Jokic, you know, Chris Atzbozingas, you know, Carlton the Towns. They can't put the ball on the floor and create this offense for themselves. They need other guys to help them out. And so I think that affected our guys. You know, Spencer did when he, some of them were ticky-tacky fouls, but, you know, sometimes you just want to be like, just Spence, just chill out a little bit. And hopefully some of the guys have a word in his ear or whatever. It's just like, you know, it doesn't necessarily affect you. There were times you didn't get the calls. Sometimes you didn't get the calls, you know, on the other end of the floor. It all evens out. Uh, at the end of the day, but I thought he was good. Joe, for me, we, we had one of his poorer games for the year. I thought that, you know, five assists does look good on paper, and I think a lot of those came in the first half as well. You know, I thought he was still tough, but in terms of some of his drives, I would like to see maybe it's the positioning of the big men and maybe it's some other guys who could make some, you know, maybe some quick cuts. But a lot of the times recently, Joe seeming to seem to be getting blocked on a lot of his drives. Some of the times where he finds that angle, he is incredibly crafty when he has the right angles and he has enough space, but he is getting blocked. I'm not saying necessarily it's a bad thing because it's still showing me that he has the right and aggressive mentality. Sometimes it's on his teammates, sometimes it's on him to be able to make the right place so that doesn't happen in the first place. Yeah, it felt like Joe kind of tried to do a little bit too much tonight because he saw Spencer was out and kind of knowing that he's probably the next most consistent guy on the team, he thought he could have an opportunity. And it's not like Dallas had amazing rim protection, but they have some nice versatile defenders. You know, I thought they did a pretty good job on him. And getting to Spencer, like you said, you know, he had the ticky-tacky fouls at time, and it's a struggle because he had to defend Luka at times. And you, this is where having David Nwaba or Naman Shumper would be nice. You know, somebody yeah. throw on Luka, give him a bit of a trouble. Like, no disrespect to TLC, he's trying to become that guy, but he's not there yet. And Rodion's had his moments tonight, but that's what really hurt them as, you know, Luka didn't have an amazing game, but they had a double team at points because they just didn't have anybody that could slow him down. Yeah, and then that led to some some open shots for, for certain guys. You know, you don't want to necessarily finish Smith open on the perimeter. Jalen Brunson, I don't mind. It depends on, you know, knowing which guy you're leaving open. But, you know, having that in-game IQ can be, you know, a, a real revelation, can really elevate it. But, you know, I, I, I put out on Twitter, you know, during the game that I was impressed with TLC. He's continuing to do impressive things on the defensive end, you know, hitting his three-point shots too. I, I think he's just doing what is asked of him, and he's showing enough effort and energy to keep warranting those minutes. And, you know, we know Rodion's, I think, provides a little bit more more physicality and length and, and he seems to have that confidence back with him and I think on both sides of the floor we saw that tonight it was probably a more complete performance from the defensive side because more was asked of him but you know I couldn't you know I, I think I put out that you know TLC is playing like a warrior tonight you know he's just can, you, when you are up against one of the top five talents in the league and you know James Harden top three top four talent as well you know, you know you're out of your depth, but you can only do what you can do. And TLC is, is playing above himself, especially on the defensive end. And you can't necessarily ask much, ask much more of him when, like you mentioned, Nick, we, we don't have some of our best defensive players out there. They're injured or, you know, they're coming back or whatever it might be. So TLC is doing well. You know, Rodion's is doing well. But 
you know, we're hopefully sooner rather than later we can get the defensive identity, identity back and the offensive identity back and some sort of synergy going forward. You know, this Nets team is still okay, but, you know, we know we're in a cold slump now and hopefully we get the guys back sooner rather than later and we can develop and we can push forward and have a big 2020. Any thoughts on the Nets signing Justin Anderson to a 10-day contract? Yeah, I was going to – I literally had that in my notes. Like I just haven't been looking at it. And I like it because, I, you know, uh, anything to please my guy Joe Harris, a former teammate from uh, his, his uh, university, U of A. Uh, and f- from the Raptors 905, who have an incredibly good G League system down there. So he's, uh, this is via Chris Mulholland. He's averaging 33.6 minutes, 21.2 points, 6.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.2 steals in 13 games. And he did score 40 points on the Long Island Nets as well. So clearly that made an impact with Sean Marks. And, you know, I, I think a lot of guys would be like, well, what happened to Aman Shumpert? But I think a guy, Justin Anderson, is worth the fly. I think he has, he can provide a little bit of extra defensive identity as well on that end of the floor. He has athleticism. He just adds, you know, to that wing rotation where I think it's incredibly important to have that little bit of extra depth because we know in the past the Nets have certainly lacked that. But worth the flyer and um, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully he can prove something and we could see it as soon as against the Toronto Raptors in a few days. Funny enough, his he was drafted by the Mavs. His best season in the NBA was his rookie season. He was very yeah. good his rookie year. He looked like he was going to be a role player. Things didn't really go. He's bounced around a couple teams. You know, you probably remember him most from this preseason where uh, Marcus Morris hit him in the head with a basketball. But like you said, Jack, it's worth the flyer. Maybe he can add some toughness. I mean, the three ball has always been the question with him. You know, the defense and toughness and the energy has always been there. But offensively, what can you bring? I know you mentioned he bodied some guys in the G League. Now can you bring that into the NBA? It's a 10-day contract, and I really think it's a competition with TLC. Now, if you know the Nets feel like Justin Anderson could provide more, they might leave TLC on that two-way contract. If they think TLC is providing more, they might up him to an NBA contract because obviously he's starting to use all of his uh, NBA days up. Yeah, I think that you make a fair point there, Nick. And, you know, it's Sean Marks is always going to, you know, have these sort of goes. And, and if we're looking to another team, the team that we're coming up against next, funnily enough, in the Toronto Raptors, those guys in the way that they develop their players and their G Leaguers, you know, there aren't many teams that do it better than them. And, you know, a, a guy like Justin Anderson in a quality G League system uh, like the Toronto Raptors, hopefully can provide a little bit of experience from there, you know, some confidence that he's gotten from those performances and bring it into the, to the Brooklyn Nets. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. I think I might actually do a little bit of research as well, Nick. You know, I might have to look a bit of video, bit of video. There's uh, plenty of homework for me before the Nets uh, come up against the Raptors. That's for sure. All I wish for is the next game Karis Avert plays. That's what I want to happen, Jack. Can you make that happen for me? Ah, uh, let me see. I'll look in the cosmic rays and the <laughs> astrology performances, and I'll hit up my psychic and I'll see what I can do, my friend. I appreciate it. As always, we appreciate everybody listening. Always fun talking Nets with you, Jack, even though it's a loss. But you can find the buzz on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.